Scott Satterfield is walking into a much more stable situation at Cincinnati, and he should be able to keep the Bearcats program that way. I'll explain why. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm fired up to be with you today. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Welcome to this edition of Locked On Bearcats, free and available everywhere that you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. So don't forget to subscribe to our Locked On Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Locked On Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So as I mentioned, and we're going a little bit shorter today. A lot going on here in Columbus with work, and I'm covering the NCAA tournament today for Lockdown Bearcats, so very excited about that. I ran into the CBS people from Vermont who plays today at 245 against Marquette. So looking forward to meeting people and networking and uh, taking it all in. But I, I, I asked Russ this yesterday on our show, if you listen, and about Scott Satterfield and, and the situation he's walking into. And I've been thinking about this this week. The situation he's walking into at Cincinnati is a lot more stable than it was at Louisville. The situation at Cincinnati he's walking into is actually really, really good. There is a good, healthy athletic department that is making some really good decisions on the coaches that they're hiring. The coaches they're also letting go. And they are a, a program that is coming off of, yeah, a subpar season, maybe by some of your standards. Nine and four, but a program that for the previous or really four years, three out of the last four years of the shortened season of 2020, last four seasons, they've won 10 or more games, three of those, 13 in 2021, 11 in 2018, 11 in 2019. This is a program that has won a lot of games in the last four to five years. And I just think about how Satterfield needs stability. It wasn't his fault that Louisville was only 25 and 24. How can you function down there? And I don't know exactly all that's gone on with Louisville's athletic department. I've talked to fans. I've talked to those who covered the team, including Dalton Pence, the host of Lockdown Louisville, who's been on this show. But there are just some things that are out of your control. Sometimes your athletic department is not healthy. It's not stable. And I was having this conversation with our digital manager at work. And, you know, we were talking about the last 30 years of the Bearcats. And and, and when we talk about the last 30 years, a lot of that is focused on basketball. But I think about those who I know, those who I work with, those who I cover, I'm on the beat with. And this guy at work was a writer for the news record. And this guy was in Cincinnati during the time where the athletic department was on unsteady ground. They went through multiple athletic directors. They went through multiple head coaches in college basketball. Football program was good, which when you think about what they accomplished from 06 through 09 is a feat in of itself. But Cincinnati has been through where their athletic department was not stable. Really since 2014, in the middle of the 2010s, was finally when stability came to the athletic department, where if the Bearcats were going to get to where they wanted to go, 
which is which was and it ultimately they got it. It was a Power Five conference, but you know, it wanted to get to a Power Five conference. They did college football playoff. They did, and you know why that is because the athletic department is stable. John Cunningham has done a great job in his almost three years on the job. He may have he may have made you question things early on, and I was one of them. But when Luke Fickle was here, they extended him twice. Wes Miller has been extended. Scott Satterfield was the right hire. And have you noticed? Have you noticed coaching searches aren't public? There's only speculation. Give John Cunningham credit for that. I give him credit for hiring Wes Miller, hiring Scott Satterfield, and I say that even with Scott Satterfield not having coached a game yet. But I also understand, I also understand that he's also made decisions to move on. Whether that be with Michelle Clark Hurd, I think that was the right decision, even though I'm sad for her, to move on from John Brannon. That was an easy decision. I knew that I, I said that decision should have been made before the season even ended. And many people were like, are you crazy? He's only two years in. I saw what I saw. And Jason Williams of the athletic of, of the Enquirer, sports columnist. He and I were talking last week. Bearcats basketball program, he he understands how important that is to the university. But football wise, Satterfield's going to do well because of the investments the athletic department has made into the football program. And college football, say what you will about college basketball being this school's signature sport. It still might be to some of you. But even at a school like Kentucky, football makes more revenue. So I've been told. College football drives college athletics. If you don't have college football, if you're not investing in the college football, you can have a team who's not very good. The Bearcats were that way for a while. In the last 30 years, there have been highs, there have been lows for both football and men's basketball. But the athletic department ha- is more stable now than it's ever been in the modern day era of college athletics. And there are athletic departments who will struggle at the Power Five level, like Louisville. But there are also a lot of athletic departments that are on good fertile ground. I think about UCF. I think about Central Florida and the success they've had in all sports, not just football. That's a consistent athletic program across the board. I think about, I mean, you can name me any other school. I think about, it's another school that's good in both. Tennessee, for instance, good program. I think about Clemson. I think about, you know, all these schools who have good athletic departments. You notice how they're successful. There's no drama. There's no, well, we're 12-0 and one year, but then 5-7 and seven the next year. They're, that's not who I think the Bearcats will be. Now, Russ said yesterday he thinks the range is anywhere between four to seven wins next year. I, I, I believe that. I said eight and four at the start. I'm down to seven and five because I just think this team has more talent than that team in 2017. And keep in mind, while there was stability in the, in the athletic department, it wasn't in the football program. 
when your athletic department and football program are both on stable ground, that's key to success. And I think that's why Scott Satterfield is going to do well here. You're going to see it's not him that Louisville only went 25 and 24. It's because there were things that were over that were above him that were out of his control that led to some issues and ultimately and ultimately perhaps subpar seasons after a breakthrough eight and five season his first season. And as I explained yesterday, I'm going to touch on next week why it wasn't Satterfield's offense that lost Louisville games. But what did lose them games, I'm confident won't be an issue this year at Cincinnati. That's a topic for next week. When we return, I want to kind of play a little game. Um, Bearcats free agency. NFL free agency and full and full frenzy right now. The Bengals making a huge splash with Orlando Brown Jr. So if you were the Bearcats, if you're the Bearcats, what would you want to see done, attacked in college free agency? Which, yes, is the transfer portal. I'll get into that after I explain to you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. So the midway point of the NBA season, it's not the midway point of the NBA season. It's like the 80% mark almost. Anyway, it's here. It's now a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get no sweat. First bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes trade. And plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance and a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash lockdown. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown and learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Lockdown College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. As of earlier this week, Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, the co-hosts of that podcast, They've climbed the charts to the number eight college basketball podcast in the country. So congratulations to them. They do a fantastic job. And I, I really wish for Isaac, North Carolina was in the NCAA tournament because he his coverage last year was fantastic. He does a great job on Lockdown Tar Heels, and he does a great job on Lockdown Zags. Uh, Gonzaga, a three seed in the tournament, which the tournament has been Unbelievable so far. At the time of this recording, I've got the Iowa Auburn game on. Shout out to our channel manager, Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn. I'm sure he's in Birmingham covering the game for Locked On Auburn. So we've got a lot to get to. I'll say basketball for segment three, but you know, I got I got to thinking. You know, I was trying to in the off season, man, trying to come up with content's not easy. But that's what makes the grind uh so rewarding. And then once we get to the season, especially being back here in Ohio, gotta love it. So, game here. Let's play a little game called Bearcats Free Agency. Obviously, NFL free agency is happening. The Bengals signing Orlando Brown Jr. Wednesday night at the stroke of midnight. Or at least it was that way for me because I was not even... I woke up to the news at like, I think it was like 12.08 maybe. So... If you're the Bearcats, and if you, and obviously free agency is essentially the transfer portal. But if you could have a wish list of 
free agents that you would want the Bearcats to have, that you would want the Bearcats to sign, what would be your top, what would be your top priority? Would it be offensive line? Would it be a wide receiver? Would it be a member of the secondary? Who would it be? Would it be a quarterback? Are you unhappy with the quarterback room right now? Maybe you are. I'm not overly happy with it, but I think you can get something out of it. I'm not saying that Emory Jones is going to be great. I'm not saying he's going to be like Desmond Ritter. I'm not saying Ben Bryant's going to be horrible. But I'm saying maybe you would want, maybe you want better. Obviously, the offensive line is a major question mark. Would you like someone from the transfer portal who has a lot of experience? Or do you want to prioritize wide receiver? And the thing about it is you don't have a draft. That's where recruiting comes into play. But then you have to ask yourself, well, do freshmen, are, are freshmen that come in going to start right away? The answer is I don't know. I don't know if Barry, it, it, let's say you prioritize the offensive line. Then you're going to bank on Barry Jackins, Barry Jackson and Ty Perkins getting playing time. Let's say you prioritize wide receiver. You're going to bank on offensive linemen. Like you're going to bank on offensive linemen who have committed freshmen to maybe get playing time. Guys who aren't used to getting playing time. There's a lot at stake here. If you prioritize the secondary, which the Bearcats did this offseason in the transfer portal and in recruiting. But if you prioritize that, you have to, I mean, you can prioritize certain positions. But at some point in time, you are going to have to develop homegrown talent. And that's what's made this team so great over the last six years. Hometown heroes. And there are positions on this roster that most certainly have that theme to it. Defensive line, linebackers, running backs. Maybe you want a new running back. Maybe you want to, Maybe you like Ryan Montgomery, but you don't think he's going to be that bell cow that Jared Dokes or Michael Warren or Jerome Ford or whoever else Isaiah Pede was. Maybe you are still questioning Corey Kiner. Maybe you want a new kicker. I think a lot. I think all of you want that. And don't say you want a new head coach. Seriously. I'm going to keep hitting this point home throughout this offseason. Scott Satterfield has not coached a game. He has not coached a damn game yet. Everything he's done has been positive. I challenge you to name me a negative thing. Someone said it to me best earlier this week. Every time I say something positive, I get negative feedback. But you know who that negative feedback is from? It's from the Louisville fans. And why is that? Is Louisville entitled to think that they should be 10-2 and every year? They shouldn't. I mean, Louisville's had some good teams. We know that. They went to the – yes, they went to the Sugar Bowl in 2012. Does that mean they're entitled to think they're going to go every year? They were ranked in the top five in 2016. At one point, they were number three. And they took Clemson to the wire in one of the most memorable regular season games I've ever seen. Does that mean Louisville fans should be entitled to think that they're good every single year? Maybe they were just so salty about what happened with Bobby Petrino. But you can't let that entitle you. The Bengals were bad for so long that a lot of us, I think including me, felt like they were going to win the game against Kansas City regardless. I think we got too cocky. 
I think we were humbled a little bit. Sometimes you have to earn it. Going back to the Bearcats third and free agency, who would you prioritize? For me, I'd prioritize the offensive line. Because I think you I think you can find, I think you can develop wide receivers. Bearcats have done a good job of that. Trey Tucker, Tyler Scott, Alec Pierce, um, Rashad Medeiros when he was here, Khalil Lewis when he was here. They've done a good job of developing wide receivers. And the, and the wide receivers may not be the most prolific part of this offense. I mean, not everybody's going to be like Marty Gilliard, another developmental guy. But who they can be is big play guys. I'm talking about Tyler Scott or Khalil Lewis or Medeiros even. There are enough players on this roster, including guys in the transfer portal, Wiggins, Burkhalter, uh, Donovan Ali, who I'm a big fan of just because he's had good, solid stats at a Power 5 school in a pass-heavy offense at Washington State. There's enough talent there that I think you can prioritize the offensive line, especially considering, and I kind of took the negative set, I kind of took the negative there, I'm going to take the affirmative here. The offensive line is a position that's been a strength of this program for years. And last year wasn't very good. If you think about it, last year, the wide receivers were very good. The offensive line was not. The offensive line didn't have a great season at all. Obviously, they lost Jake Renfro at the start of the season. James Tunstall was up and down. Lorenz Metz was hurt much of the season. Joe Huber struggled. Jeremy Cooper struggled as well. Gavin Gerhardt performed admirably, but you need help on the offensive line. That's where guys like Luke Kendra come into play. That's where guys like Trevor Radicevich come into play. That's where guys, you know, that you have currently on your roster, John Williams, can he make that comeback? Can he make that leap? you got to find the right combination. And maybe getting a veteran in the transfer portal is going to help. All right, coming up, I do want to talk about the Bearcats in the NIT. I was talking to someone about this recently, and Russ echoed this sentiment yesterday, and it all makes sense to me now. I'm going to explain to you why after I explain to you how this episode of Locked On Bearcats is brought to you by Built Bar. So the Built March Madness bracket is here, we know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is the time, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BillMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the cookie dough chunk bar, puff, actually. And yeah, I'll, vote for, I'll vote for both of them, and if I can. And if you want, I don't know. Like I have, well, I had Arizona winning, they're out. I have Kansas winning, still alive there. Purdue winning to win the tournament. Obviously, I want the Bearcats to win the NIT. You'll be voting for that bar, too. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built. The one locked-on fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. What makes Bill Mars and Puffs so good? For starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BillMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. You know what's interesting? 
is Cincinnati's played in the NIT. And I don't, and I think this week is Cincinnati. Do you understand how hard it is to play in the NIT, accept a bid there, knowing you could be on spring break? And these guys gave everything they had last night against a good Virginia Tech team. And they're going to do it again. There's a Chili's commercial on TV. I just got really hungry. Uh, oh, that burger looks good. Um, anyway, is there a Chili's up here in Columbus? What's it? I got so excited I knocked my headphones out. Anyway, uh, Chili's is pretty good, by the way. Um, I wonder if they should make a pill part of Chili's burgers. Anyway, that's the topic for another day. But Cincinnati could be on spring break. Now, I was having this conversation. So I'm having this conversation with my dad, actually. And, and he's like, so North Carolina didn't accept the bid of the NIT. And I said, no, they didn't. And he goes, why? And I said, well, because they're fo- they said they're focused on, quote, winning ACC and national championships. And my dad goes to me, and I don't know if it's true. You could ask Isaac Shade, host of Lockdown Tar Heels, if it's true. I don't know what the Tar Heels are doing this week. But my dad goes, so do you think that they're at practice right now or are they kicking back on the beach and relaxing? The answer is I don't know. We'll find out next season if they truly are committed to what Hubert Davis said in a statement earlier this week. But think about Cincinnati and the mental toughness to not knowing they're not in the NCAA tournament, knowing where they're not where Arizona loses to Princeton, bust in my bracket, maybe yours too, knowing that they're not where Xavier is. They play later today against Kennesaw State. Both my parents are graduates from there. And knowing that other teams like NKU is there. You're not a part of that. But you still have the desire to get better in playing in the NIT. And Wednesday night's effort confirmed that. Russ said it yesterday. These guys could be on spring break right now. They're playing in the NIT. They're still practicing. They're preparing for games. They got a great chance to go to the quarterfinals on Saturday tomorrow when they play Hofstra at 2 p.m. There is a lot that this team could be doing right now instead of playing in the NIT, but they are. That takes a lot of toughness. It says a lot about the program that Wes Miller has. It says a lot about the program that has a head coach who John Cunningham hired. I keep trying to tell you that Wes, and I have my doubts, say what you will about Wes Miller's inability to coach in big games. I've said it before, but he's got the right pieces in play. And it kind of reminds me of Zach Taylor's first two seasons with the Bengals. You saw the culture that they were building. You saw the culture that they were building. It may not have translated into wins, and that was frustrating. But getting rid of guys like Carlos Dunlap and bringing in the right players like DJ Reader and Von Bell, wish him well, Trey Hendrickson and Mike Hilton and Cheeto and guys who were going to eventually – and it's – more rewarding when you win with good guys on your roster. It truly is. High character players, captains, leaders, guys who've been on big stages before, winners. Wes Miller's bringing that here to Cincinnati. Truly, truly think so. It may not. It has. It may not have translated yet, but it's going to. Wednesday night confirmed that. They can confirm that even again. Think about this. You're robbed of a home game for reasons that are, you know, potentially bigger than basketball, if you look at it that way. But what you're not robbed of is the chance to play another game. You're going on the road. 
You're going on a road game on a weekend of stirring spring break when you could be doing a million other things, but you're committed to keep getting better. David DeJulius, I think about him. Like, he's played his last home game, and he's still playing basketball. That is toughness, man. That says a lot about who he is. It'll be interesting to see what this does for players coming back, like Davenport and Nolly and Adams Woods. It's just interesting to me how this team has responded to the NIT. And I think another thing that something I want to do. So those who know me know how much I love the month of March. The the games, the brackets, the, the broadcasters, everything about it. You know, where the games are being played. Fortunate Columbus is hosting games this weekend. Looking forward to that. And, you know, there, there was something the Athletic did three years ago. One of my favorite series that they've done. So when COVID hit, and it canceled the tournament. And it was sad for a lot of us. Understandable, obviously. But there was a, a series the Athletic did, the best game I ever saw. 31 different games were mentioned. I'm going back and reading through the games right now. You've got Wisconsin-Kentucky 2015 Final Four. That was a great game. My sister and my mom and my and then my um, our good family friends they were actually up here in Columbus, had to be told to shut up by security at a hotel. I'm not kidding. That actually happened. I think Easton they were at. Anyway, that game is on the list. You've got Kansas-Memphis, the OA title game on the list. You've got um, Duke-Kansas 2018 Elite. That was was a great game. I remember watching that game in my freshman dorm. Um, So I'm going to take my shot starting next Friday. Now I'm going to rank those games. Should I, do? I should do it on Monday. No, I'll do it on Friday. End the show with a Friday fun day. I'm going to have to start doing that because content's going to get thin after spring practice. And we're still five days a week, but that's okay. More time to spend with you. Um, by the way, up to 734 subscribers. Really happy about where this show is going. Really happy that you keep making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. How about for your second listen you check out our Locked On College Basketball podcast with experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton. They will give you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, here from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. For Locked On Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank, your host. Each and every day on Twitter, Frankie underscore ninety with two N's and an ATI. I'm on Instagram, Alex Frank underscore, and email alex 3 frank at gmail.com. Have a great weekend. If you're coming up to the tournament in Columbus, please stay safe. Looking forward to seeing you. If you're going to watch the games in uh, uh, Shore North or, you know, um, I mean, anywhere in the Arena District where I live, if you're going to watch the games on, you know, in Short Vine or Holy Grail, the Dora District in downtown Cincinnati, please stay safe. Drive safely. Choose a designated driver if necessary. Not if necessary. It's always necessary. So please choose a designated driver. And for Locked On Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great weekend, and I'll be back here on Monday right here on Locked On Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.